go. I am here with Byron Gray, FBO uh, Services Director at Naples Aviation. Uh, we just went through Hurricane Ian, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that, the recovery efforts and what we're doing for, for airports, for business aviation, and sort of what the community response has been. Right. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the prep efforts and what, what you did through the storm. But right. before we get to that, like, who are you? What do you do? How'd you get it started? What's up? Absolutely. Well, good morning, Steve. I'm happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Uh, it's a privilege. To, uh, you, uh, I work Naples Aviation, uh, which is a part of the Naples Airport Authority. I started there back in December of this last year. Uh, prior to that, I've been in the FBO business for 27 years. I've worked with Landmark, uh, worked with Signature, and then I got into the fuel business. Uh, I did uh, fuel sales for uh, for Eastern Aviation Fuels, which is now Titan. Did that for 10 years and uh, my wife's in aviation as well. And she happened to take on a job in, in Naples, Florida, which uh, brought me down there. And uh, this opportunity came up with uh, the city or with the airport authority. And it was right up my alley and it's 10 minutes from my house. There and I'm go. no longer traveling three to four days a week. And, and so you're uh, in paradise, right? And I'm in paradise, right? Uh, maybe not paradise quite right now, but uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, but uh, it is it is paradise. Uh, I tell you, the the, the Naples Airport is a, a great organization. I am very privileged and proud to be a part of it. I have a great team of individuals. There's uh, we have 135 people with the airport, uh, and then the FBO itself. We have about 84 people. Uh, great staff. It's you know a lot of times uh, you know that that city run. FBOs don't get a lot of credit for this, the, the amount of service that they provide, but oh, I'm very proud of what we deliver to uh, the, the public that we serve there. And for the base tenants at the airport, we have a large amount of base tenants, major corporations well. And, uh, you know, Naples is a, is a, a paradise city. It uh, has a, a lot of uh, second and third home owners yeah. that, that come down. Our main traffic is from the Northeast and from uh, from the Teterboro, New York area, and then Chicago. So, uh, in we, terms of traffic, you, you you've mentioned a number of times that you're seeing a significant increase of volume as of late, especially pre-storm and through COVID. Can you talk on the talk on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, prior to COVID, um, you know, we uh, the amount of operations that we do during season can range from two to three hundred events a day, right? So season technically starts probably right around uh, Thanksgiving time and runs all the way to like Mother's Day, Easter timeframe. And uh, so with the amount of traffic that we had pre-COVID, uh, if you, easiest way to do is to correlate it back to gallons, right? So pre-COVID, we were running about six to seven million gallons uh, a year. Sure. And then uh, after COVID, just as of last year, uh, we finished out at uh, over 13 million gallons. Wow. Right? So if you take a look at it from that perspective, I'm a, I like to analyze things, uh, you know, like our average uplift is like 450 gallons. So if you can take that and tell you how many amount of operations that we do now. You know, we, uh, Naples Aviations, which is the name of the, uh, of the FBO for the authority, you know, we're a part of the authority. There also is like Naples Jet Center, right? Yep, They're yep. an FBO as well, but we pump all the fuel there at the airport. But Naples Jet Center is uh, a maintenance uh, home uh, and they base aircraft there. So they do a whole large amount of business as well. So there is technically two FBOs there, though, that we pump all the fuel. Uh, but the uptick and the amount of growth that they've received as well is just over the top. 
you know, it's, it's, you know, Florida never closed technically for due to COVID, right? Right. And so you, we got a lot of individuals that, you know, migrated down. I mean, the amount of growth, just like, you know, you being up in Fort Myers area. I mean, the amount of growth that we have seen in Southwest Florida has just been over the top. Not tapering. Not tapering at all. So, and of course, home values have gone up considerably as well. And so it's, it's just, it's, it's drawing everything. Now, mind you, I will say that we, we feel that due to where the economy is right now, right? And then obviously post Ian, right? Uh, will have an effect on us from a traffic standpoint. But, uh, you know, and now that the North is open, I think we're going to see some little bit of stabilization and some normalcy come back to the equation. But, uh, but uh, you know, post Ian, you know, this, uh, this last, this, this current year, I mean, we are back to normal, it seems like again. But uh, I think, you know, I think we're going to, in here in the next two months, depending on how, how quick we recover, right? You know, the, the beaches are still closed and that type of thing. We can get to, into that whole Ian event here sure. in a minute. But, sure. you know, we're going to have some impacts to that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to slow down a little bit. So, uh, but uh, the, the, you know, when you start seeing the car carriers coming down, dropping off the cars and, 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 and the amount of people that come down for season, uh, it's, it's quite impressive. I mean, right. It's, it's, it's good to, it, it's, it's good to see. And yeah. hopefully we continue to see that. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So, you know, we're teasing it a little bit here, but obviously the topic at hand for us Southwest Florida locals is Ian. Right. Right. And, right. um, no, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about that. What we did as a, as a community as business aviation, what you did at the airport. Right. Um, and I'd be curious to hear you talk about what you did leading up to it. Right. During it. And then um, I think what we were talking about earlier today is, is really important about what's happened in the aftermath. Right. So, right. Um, you know, as it was coming up a couple of days prior, you're in charge. What are you doing? Well, you know, in, in, in any hurricane, you know, obviously it's the intensity of it, right? So we started watching it when it was still down south of Cuba, you know, knowing that it was going to come up to, to the west side of Florida. So you do your normals, you know, your normal pre-preparing, pre you know, so you just, you make sure you put away your non-essential things, right? So you can make it a little bit easier as the storm starts to approach to something change, right? So what you do is you start talking to your customers, start talking to your tenants, making sure, you know, what is your plans? What are you doing, right? Uh, and then any non-essential equipment, you go ahead and just store, tuck it in corners. Um, and then as the storm approaches and comes up further and you're watching the tracking of it, you're listening to where the possibilities, where it's going to make landfall. And it's obviously, it's not all also necessary where the eye makes landfall, but it's also the east side of the eye, the dirty side, right? And, and, and what happens to that side and how close are you to that? So anyway, we could continue to watch. And as it got closer, uh, you know, we have a lot of aircraft that sit out on the ramp. So first steps is, is what vacancies do you have in your hangars, right? So uh, we start making plans on what your open spots are so you can secure those aircraft, talk to those customers. I think you know, communication is the key. Right? Right. And, and so you, know, you, do, you do get some, uh, some aircraft owners that are very particular about their aircraft, right? And also we had uh, uh, one section of T-hangers that we were in the middle of a door overhaul. Hey boy. We were replacing hangar doors. Sure. And so we had one hangar where we couldn't get the door up. You know, we, we, we just couldn't get it back up. So we had to clear out all those aircraft. So not only did you have your aircraft that were out on the ramp, but then we had aircraft that were in hangars that we were concerned that we would lose that structure. So we had to move those as well, right? And then, you know, so you, you secure your aircraft, you've had your communication, you, you talk to your staff, you make sure, 
you know, their staff are preparing for their, their own homes as well, that their, their families are safe. And then you need to make sure you have a, a plan of action in place there to where who's going to stay, right? I mean, who's actually evacuating the area? Are you going to stay at your house? Or are you going inland or where are you doing? So it's important for us to know that because post-storm, we got to get the individuals back so we can get reopened depending on how bad the storm is going to impact you. So the, the, the track of the hurricane was unpredictable at best. Right. Certainly there was a lot of different um, predictions on where eventually it would fall. So yeah. three weeks and a day ago, we were thinking it was going to go to Tampa. Right. And then, you know, you're, you're taking the appropriate actions on, on behalf of the, the airport and the airport authorities. And then they start talking about it coming towards us. So at what point do you, you really sound the alarm, shut operations down? And like, what point in the day? Was that Tuesday? Was it Wednesday morning? Right. When did you stop all operations? Well, as the storm got closer, we, we realized that due to a trough line that it was going to kick it over. So it wasn't going to go up to the Panhandle or Cedar Key. Then it went to Tampa. Right. And then come Monday into Tuesday, it's like, no, it's, it's actually going to, you know, hit the Sanibel, Fort Myers area. So it was, uh, it was Monday that we realized that we were going to run operations all the way up until Tuesday after late, late Tuesday, right? We're close Tuesday at eight o'clock, right? But it was probably about five o'clock Tuesday afternoon when, uh, call your county or, or Lee County for yourself up in Fort Myers, he did a mandatory evacuation for zone A, right? Which, uh, basically it's a lot of it is anything west of highway 41. And, uh, so it was five, five fifteen in the afternoon when I called back out to the airport, so I had just left when I, I got the notification, mandatory evacuation. So we shut down that at five fifteen Tuesday afternoons, when we shut down, we left, uh, one FBO ops person there, uh, one airport ops person, uh, and then four, uh, ARF individuals at the ARF station. So there were six individuals on site for the entire event. So 5.15 Tuesday afternoon, and then uh, the storm event obviously took place on Wednesday. And then Thursday morning at eight o'clock, we were there to start trying to clean up the mess. Yeah, so we had, just for perspective for those listening, is is we had a 60 mile wide eye wall. Right. Going eight miles an hour. Right. And chewing our coast apart. Right. I mean, just hammering us. That was a very, very long day. Yeah. So, Storm passes, you're there 8 a.m. Thursday morning. What happened to the airport? What did you see? So uh, the, the, the eye passed us and made impact. Uh, and the, the leading edge of the eye wasn't as eventful for us. It was after the eye. It was, just, it was the storm surge that took the greatest amount of impact, uh, you know, and that, that, that hit us. So the airport, we sit right on the Gordon River, which atta- you know, attaches right into the Gulf of, uh, of Mexico. And so we took on, since it came in at a high tide, right? We took on about five feet of water throughout the entire airport. Now it did not, uh, it, it made it to the doorsteps of our newly remodeled terminal building. Right, this beautiful. And just, uh, finished. just finished it. Uh, <laughs> we moved back in last November. Um, and then we have a, a older commercial terminal where the car rental companies are, right? And uh, it made it all the way to the doorsteps of that. Um, the ARF station stayed dry. Uh, customs did not get wet either. The customs facility is right next to the ARF station. It's a new facility. So everything that was new did very well. Uh, any of the old existing structures did not have any water impact, but it came right up to the doorsteps of it. 
but a lot of tea hangers, the fuel farm all took on four feet of water, all the runway light system. That's, that was the biggest impact that we had. You got five lights. feet of water sitting on the runway? Yeah. White the, caps the over signage, the signs. Like you were saying, the, yeah. yeah, white caps over the signs. So yeah. the signage getting blown around and uh, lights you know, are obviously trashed. The signs actually did well. You know, they, uh, it wasn't so much of a rushing storm. I mean, yeah, it was white caps. It was, it was, it was running in, right? 30 minutes. It's all, it's all, it's, that's, that's how long it took for it to, to, to breach the, over the end of the runway all the way across. Uh, right. Of course, it took hours to come back down, of course. So it, the signage actually, the, 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 the structures themselves did fairly well. It's, the problem is it's the salt water. Right. And that's what intrudes upon the electrical system that will do the damage. And it may work today, but the problem is what's, what's going to happen two, three, four weeks down, a month down the road, you're going to start having what I call gremlins, you know, and then sure. what day it works and the next day it's not, you know, so you got to get in there and start assessing how can you get this back up in operation and what's the long-term effect going to be? Right. So that's perfect segue, right? So, right. all right, storm recedes. Right. Just for perspective real quick, like it came up five feet in about 30 minutes. So right. From ankle deep to shoulder height. Right. And 30 minutes. I mean, right. That is a significant volume of water. Yes. Water, cars were underwater, um, you know, everywhere. Every, everything was, was relatively shot. Um, so you get your staff back on, on site. Right. You're evaluating the airport. Right. Time to put it back together. You right. got to start catching birds. Right. So what's that look like? How does the community start reacting? We were talking earlier about that. And I think it's really important to, to touch on that a little bit as well. Right. So I think that, you know, from, from everybody's in, in, in impact, you know, we have 135 employees, uh, eight of them and, you know, and, Eight of them at least lost everything they had. It was out on the curb, right? Uh, we have a lot of other individuals that receives, you know, storm damage as well. Uh, so the airport, we, you know, we, we got, we pulled together who we could, you know, that, uh, that wasn't majorly impacted by the storm that could be on site, start getting things cleaned up because we want to get reopened for emergency situations for, you know, search and rescue operations. And how quickly uh, did they show up? You know, we actually didn't get, because what happened was, is actually RSW, yeah. right? So Private Sky up at RSW, yes, sure. up there. They actually, the military had already set up operations up there. So most of the major evacuations was actually taking place up in your neighborhood, up in the Fort Myers area. Right. So right. we, yes, we had inundation of water, but not to the extent that Fort Myers and Sanibel and Captiva and all of them had, right? So we, yes, we got water, we got inundated. Um, but the amount of, you know, local citizens with their own boats and everything, we were able to facilitate, not we or me, but individuals able to facilitate any sort of rescue that may needed to happen at that point in time. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, the winds, it was a category four, which I think once they reassess it, it'll end up be probably a category five, yeah, my assumption. Yeah. Um, so it was a major wind event, right? I'm I live three miles from the coast and in a, and, but I'm only in a zone C. So I didn't, you know, zone A is right across the street from me. So it, 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 it was there, but I, you know, I was blessed. But uh, the citizens, as we, as we, as each day went by, you know, the blue skies, it, I'd be, it, it's interesting. Uh, it, it was such a large event that it, it almost, it ended our rainy season. Yeah. And it's like fall right now. Yeah. As you drive down the road, right, and just get a little off subject, but as you drive down the road, all the trees on the south side of the trees are all brown. All the leaves on the north side of the trees are green. 
it's the salt spray, right? And it's and leaves are falling in the air, and it's like, like today it's sixty degrees down there. Yeah. So it's like falls in the air. So this this storm was so large and it's such an impact on the environment and people's lives. It's it's just incredible. And you want to talk about a silver lining? I mean, we were out there doing recovery efforts across the community. And it wasn't a thousand degrees like a normal September day. The humidity did not exist. Right. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like a normal hurricane that happens in Florida. And You're there absolutely I right. It was pleasant out. It was know? pleasant. And that was a blessing. God, yeah, it was a yeah. blessing, right? Recovery. And uh, so, but you know, as as each day went by, we could you could see the bigger picture, right? Because in the, in the midst of it, you just, you're in shock, right? It's an, it's an emotional event, right? You know, cause it affects everybody a little bit different. So, um, we, uh, we became a donation center for, uh, Pine Island. Yeah. So we, uh, um, I loaded, uh, two 12 footers and one 16 footers full of, uh, U-Hauls full of material that was sent, uh, the Cajun Navy took it to those individuals in Pine Island. Uh, and that's just one aspect of it. And plus, then we went out into the neighborhood. Um, uh, Gulfstream came down with a G-150 with a bunch of water and supplies and, and Chick-fil-A. And we gathered that and we went out into the, the adjacent neighborhoods that are around the airport that were totally devastated and their lives were out on the curb. Uh, started passing out waters and food and everything that we could do, right? Uh, we prepare, when we prepare for season, we make sure that we have at least 10 pallets or so of water. So we had enough extra water and we were able to get a resupply. So we took that immediate water out and uh, gave it to the city of Naples to help for crash fire and rescue uh, from their regard. And then took other, uh, another van out and went into the neighborhoods and distributed water from there. Uh, we had a large amount of staff go to individuals' houses and help them, just like yourself, start gutting your house, getting it, getting it clean and getting it... The quicker you can get it clean, so you can get it dry. Right out of that, yeah. So, uh, and now, uh, and then, and then you had that aspect, and then you got the humanitarian aspect for animals. You know, right. we had numerous flights um, with 150 animals. You know, 50 dogs, and the rest are cats, and vice versa. And and so shipping them out, uh, we had uh, then they would go out and do runs to multiple different states to distribute these uh, these animals for the humane uh, humane society. Uh, and then last, like last Friday, we took on 28 pallets of dog food and stored it for the Humane Society that was donated to them. They have no place to keep it. So, you know, it, look, we can't do, we're, we're trying to do everything that we can, right? And it still doesn't seem to be enough, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then with those individuals that lost, you know, everything the, through AAAE, right? Chris Rosansky is a part of the AAAE organization. He reached out to them and, and Chris is our executive director. Uh, was able to secure a, a donation through the AAAE to help those individuals in need. Um, so it's just now, it's just, uh, you know, what can we do for you? You know, that's a question I ask you, Steve. You know, it's like, what can you do for individuals that have lost everything? And I think now once you got the, the cleanup done, you got you know, labor support, now we got to wait out the, the recovery from funding, right? right? From the insurance companies and such. So you know, every day is a, is a new day. And, and uh, as the whole world continues to move on, uh, we continue to recover and help each other and support each other. Yeah, I think that's important. Like anybody listening that's looking for a way to help, it, at this point, it's it's about American Red Cross or right. the GoFundMe pages that are that are floating around. And certainly right. like what you guys are doing to raise the funds is, is kind of where we're at. Most of the cleanup, at least in the inland areas, if right. you will, by us, we're, we're, we're over the hump a little bit. So it's nice to feel like we're turning the corner. 
I think it'd be, I think also important, Byron, that we talk about the response of the aviation community. Right. You had indicated earlier that um, you're fully operation, operational now, including right. night operations. Yes. Um, you mentioned so the support of a number of um, ancillary agencies that right. came down to help you out. And to talk about that a little bit. So basically, when it, so uh, as of last Friday evening, we were able to reopen one of the runways for nighttime ops. Uh, we're, you know, we're just, uh, it's, it's, it's every day it's a new repair. Uh, we're still doing a full assessment on the amount of damage that we've referred to there at the airport. Uh, we had a great amount of responses from a lot of airports that had extra lighting. Uh, Barry Brown, our director of operations was able to secure that through Sea Dog as well and brought in, uh, resources and people and material to get us back in that type of operation. So. The amount of responsiveness from the aviation community from other airports, um, you know, we try to lend as much assistance as we could to, say, Port Aborda. You know, so we try to reciprocate back, you know, on what things that we didn't have damaged. So uh, whatever we could lend GSE-wise or labor support, we're there to support that. Uh, and then additional aviation, you know, support, like I mentioned, Gulfstream coming down, bringing material. We had numerous, numerous individuals, you know, bringing passengers down for whatever reasons. And they load up their airplanes. You know, I had one uh, one crew from a sovereign said, you know, we loaded up our, you know, the whole baggage bin full of stuff. The passengers didn't even know that it was on board, you know, and they're just, so we're just collecting all these things. And so uh, once we got through the Pine Island uh, material collection, then we started uh, with everything else that we received with we the Barry Chapin, uh, St. Matthew's House. There's different organizations that supply, you know, aid. Uh, so the amount of responsiveness, I mean, it was just been over the top. I mean, it's really a warm feeling, right? It's an, an emotional event and, uh, to see everything that's lost. So now the materials there, right. And then, and the continued support from that. So it's been, it's been awesome. I can't, I can't, I can't say enough, enough. Thank yous. It's, it's awesome to watch the good come out of such devastation, right? right? right. The way the community has, I mean, I, I had indicated earlier, there was a six-year-old little girl on my doorstep the day after the hurricane right. with hot dogs. Right. I don't know who that little human was, but she yeah. thought I needed some hot dogs. Right. And, and those little acts of kindness, I think, are going a long way. So, you know, another message that when people are in need, show up and help. That's right. Just show up. Don't ask them what they need. Just show up and help. Right. I think that's the biggest takeaway for me personally um, in, in this immediate sort of hindsight. Well, because it's overwhelming. It is. You know, and it's hard to, it's still, it's remarkable. It's still hard to ask for help. It is. It's very hard to ask for help. You know, you're in dire straits for it. Yeah. And right. Let me know if you need anything. Oh, okay. I will. Yeah. And I need everything. Exactly. Yeah. What do you do with that? And it's not a laughing matter, but it's just so true. I mean, right. it's, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. So cleanup efforts are underway. You get your footing back under you at the airport. You're fully operational. Staff right. is as good as they can be considering right. the circumstances. Um, outside of the hurricane, the recovery and, and all those sorts of things. What are you looking forward to in the next? 12 to 18 months. What, what excites you? What are you guys doing? Major initiatives, anything. Right. So from that perspective, you know, you know, season, like I said, starts in Thanksgiving, runs to, 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 to April. I'm not sure exactly how season's going to shape out for us right now, because we still have several major hotels that are, that are closed till January. Uh, the water is not the best uh, to swim in right now. So it's not, it's not paradise right now. Yeah. And so, um, We'll get but, there. Yeah, we'll get there. It won't, it won't, it won't be, it, it will be long. And uh, so that's, you know, we're not sure, quite sure what's going to happen from that standpoint in regards to business, right? Uh, but we are getting a good flow still. The, uh, the, but the initiatives, uh, so me coming in in December, 
uh, you know, it was a great organization. Um, it was uh, basically what happened was we split the responsibilities. Barry Brown took over at airport ops because it was combined as one, right? One person. So Barry Brown took over airport ops. I took over the FBO ops. Uh, you know, FBO business is what I know. And it was a great, well-run organization from a standpoint of the people. What we needed to do was to better organize the structure. So the Naples, Naples Aviation, Naples Airport Authority is a, is a very popular airport, right? During season, it's one of the top five, right? Yeah. And so with that being said, it needs to show that too. And so we're a gateway to the community. Uh, we are responsible in the community. Noise is a big factor in importance to us, right? And how it affects the community. That's been a big, uh, big source of contention uh, over the last several years due to our growth and success. So we have a fly safe, fly quiet program, which is a curfew hour from 10 o'clock at night, voluntary curfew from 10 o'clock at night to six o'clock in the morning. Uh, we actually altered our feeling hours to help support that a little bit. You know, we, like we have a, you know, there's a neighborhood that's around us and we had to be responsible for that. Um, so we do what we can. But in that regard, we also, I had the initiatives. Uh, I just, uh, there was an announcement yesterday. We are part of the or Argus program. Uh, Argus has a program for charter operations for gold, silver, and platinum type of qualifications. While we're doing that, we're a, a beta test site with them awesome. or a classification certification uh, program. So uh, we're going to start that and we'll have that completed here soon. Um, and then in regards to, uh, we're going out for ISBA All certification right. as well. And, and, and the reason for those things is that because, you know, it, it's all about presentation, right? You, you know, you, you have to have a, you have a good base. You have good trained, qualified individuals. I have a training staff of three individuals uh, through your X1 program support. You know, we are able to better uh, our efficiencies in feeling and reducing our feeling delays. So we've, we've tried to utilize all of our programs, whether it's software, our trucks, you know, and through Affuel and through our training staff is to be very highly qualified. We, you know, my goal is to not, to, I want everybody to come in and leave in the same shape, right? Amen. You know, safety-wise, it, it's, it's a perception, right? And so how you pull onto the ramp and what you see, right? You know, is the aircraft properly chopped? Are they coned? Not that a cone will prevent something from being, you know, it's not a physical barrier, but it's a representation. It denotes um, something of concern. So through our equipment, uh, we spend a lot of money in our GSE equipment as well. So through the infrastructure development of our terminal building, we spent seven and a half million dollars on our renovation from its training staff, from our software, and through accreditation. I, I want everybody to understand that Naples Aviation is a very qualified, top-notch FBO, and, 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 it, and it shows that. That's absolutely outstanding. Yes. That's awesome. Well, look, I think it's time to wrap here. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, Byron. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Steve. Need anything from us? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what I ask people not to do. If you need anything from me, yeah, just, ask, just let me know. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate but, it. But yeah, thanks for your time, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. You bet. All right, take care. <laughs>